Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, so over the last couple of days, we have been looking at creeds and confessions because some of our listeners asked us to discuss them. In fact, one of the questions that we received was, why do we even need creeds and confessions? Isn't just having and using the Bible better? Isn't that just enough? And if you've missed the last couple of programs, just go to um, your iTunes store and subscribe to The Gospel for Life, and you can see what we said there. But today, we're actually going to look at the Apostles' Creed itself. And brothers, before we get into it, why is this called the Apostles' Creed? Can I just back no, up and talk no, about the iPods? No, the no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> just to be helpful on the i iTunes, looking for, and it can be on an Android. It doesn't have to be on iTunes. If you go to the App Store, but you're and, probably not saved if you're using anything other than an Apple. Probably, we'll do a show on that. Um, <laughs> if you search for the show, make sure you put the Gospel for Life, or if you want, you can search for any of our names. So Josh Bales, Phil Moran, Jonathan Van Hoogen, or Russell Herman, and it will also come up that way. There are a lot of shows out there that have Gospel for Life in their title. So in Which order, we didn't know, by the way. Yes, we, we did not. We, we thought we were original, yeah. <laughs> but if you search, we, we were novel. <laughs> make sure you put The Gospel for Life or use one of our names, and I think you'll get there a lot quicker. It's a picture of a mic. Yes, very good. Okay, now I answer, have no idea what your question, question was. Yes. Answer the question. The question uh, <laughs> it's called the Apostles' Creed, not not because it was written by the apostles. It was not, but it is the distillation of the apostles' teaching. Uh, the the apostles uh, gave us the apostolic teaching, the apostolic deposit. In, in other words, the the authorized the teachers who were authorized by Jesus gave us the New Testament. And the creed, the Apostles' Creed, is one of the earliest creeds, and it's the distillation of that teaching. So that's why we refer to it as the Apostles' Creed. It's not that they, the apostles themselves wrote it. All right, very good. So let's go ahead and read it, and then we'll ask some questions about it. Um, here we go. Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, 
there's so many things there, including um, particular phrases that some of our listeners were asking us to um, explain, namely the idea of Jesus descending into hell and, and namely the idea that uh, we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. But brothers, let's avoid that for now because we're going to get that at a future bro- broadcast. We're going to ask, first of all, what do those first two words mean, I believe? But then but before we get there briefly, give us an overview. Before we look at the, the trees themselves, help us to look at the forest. What, what is this creed capturing? What you're going to notice is um, in each of those, I believe, statements, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It's a reminder that uh, of the Trinitarian nature of the things that we confess. We, we confess God in three persons, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if you just tried to break it down into just a very simple couple phrases, what is the essence of the Apostles' Creed? That God the Father is the creator, that Jesus Christ is the redeemer, and that the Holy Spirit is the the one that provides sanctification primarily through the church and the means of grace. You know, you said off the air um, that most of the errors that – Christians commit today are errors about the the person of God, the Trinity of God, and and we've done programs in the past uh, where we looked at the state of theology that Ligonier Ministries and Lifeway um, did here in 2018. And one of those questions, several questions, dealt with the Trinity, but one of them dealt with the person of the Holy Spirit. And like 69 percent of evangelicals uh, said that they believed that the Holy Spirit was a force, was not actually a person. And um, we've talked about this before, but let's let me just be clear: if if you reject the Trinity, you you actually can't be Christian. Not because being born again means you have to meet some sort of a standard in, in your mind. Being born again is a work of God that will transform both your mind and your heart, and you will you will believe the God of the Bible because that's the God who is saving you. But let's just be clear: part of the Apostles' Creed that holds forth this glory it, it holds forth this glorious doctrine of the Trinity to us, and that's one of the things that we as Christians need to recover. Ironically, mm-hmm. and. I really believe that uh, a lot of what you're talking about, Josh, the, the theological misperceptions that are out there, for, for instance, believing that the, the the common belief out there that the Holy Spirit is this impersonal force, kind of kind of like, you know, trust the force, Luke, um, rather, rather than the, the third person of the Trinity. Um, what we're seeing today is is the fruit of the lack of the teaching of sound doctrine in the life of the church. And uh, uh, what we're seeing is the fruit of a lot of what's of what's called felt need preaching, of where proclamation is reduced to a kind of mass therapy, um, and people, <laughs> the many many churches, many Christian people have have been starved for sound doctrine, mm-hmm. and uh, it just underlines the need to restore the the teaching of the creeds and confession in the life of the contemporary church. You're talking about a document that really dates back to the second century. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're one generation basically away from the apostles. So though not written by the apostles, you're, it probably was written by people that either studied under the apostles or studied under somebody that studied under the apostles. Yeah. 
So it, it might have been assumed at one time that they were written by the apostles. In fact, there's some traditions that suggest that uh, the 12, uh, shortly after the resurrection of the Lord uh, and his ascension, uh, you know, communicated these very things amongst themselves. That's tradition. Um, and uh, that might have carried it forward for a little bit, but we would we understand that uh, this is the essential things that they were teaching, yeah. and that's what's brought out. Uh, you know, when you when you study the history of these creeds, you realize, as Russ has said, you know, they date back to the first or second century. By the fourth century, um, Rufinus is talking about uh, the this Roman creed they called it, uh, which is the essential apostles' creed. And so this is something that the church has embraced and taught and it became some part of a, even a baptismal formulary as people were prepared to come to, you know, to the Lord in, in baptism. Perfect segue. Mm-hmm. Because, because it's really saying, well, what do I believe? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I wanted to get to because the very first words are, I believe in God and it goes on to the Father and then I believe in the Son and then it goes on to I believe in the Spirit. Now, so many people say they believe in God today and mm-hmm. yet often they look no different from people who don't believe in God. In other words, they have a creed that they affirm with their lips but not with their lives. So here's the question. What kind of believing here does the Apostles' Creed have in view? Is there different types of belief, saving belief and non-saving belief? And if so, what is saving belief? Well, one of the things to notice about the, the Apostles' Creed, it, it's not an abstract philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's not a philosophy of life. It's not a philosophy. It's not a philosophy of experience. It's it? not a philosophy of experience. It's, it's, a, it's a proclamation of the events, the saving actions of God. Of revelation. It's a proclamation yes. of the authority of God's revelation to us that came in his, that came in his word and in his son. Well, yeah, amen. And, and, and look at the creed that it talks about the things God has done. Mm-hmm. God is the maker of mm-hmm. heaven and earth. Jesus Christ is his only begotten son who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, buried. All of these are the events, the, the actions of God in human history to deliver us from the power of sin and death and to make us new. So, it's the proclamation, not as I said, not of some abstract f- philosophy, but what, but what God has done. So, I mean, when you talk about this idea of I believe or it's about a faith, um, there's an intellectual content to it. Um, we are saying certain things. Or these are truths that we are saying that intellectually we know and understand but then there's the second component to that, which is I not only know them to be true with my mind, I'm I'm assenting to them. I'm, I'm embracing them and saying I also personally claim that these are truths that I hold to, trust in, commit to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's stake my life on. Stake my yeah, life it's, on. It's the whole knowledge, ascent, and trust aspect yes. of what faith, true faith is. And faith is not a blind leap in the dark. This knowledge that comes to us uh, comes to us from the authority of God's word. It's revealed. It's uh, rationally demonstrably uh, true. But it's not just simply something that comes from uh, our feelings, although our 
our experiences will confirm the truth of that word. Yeah. So, so we have an, an epistemology, a way of knowing these things, uh, you know, which is the knowledge portion of it, and then the ascent, you know, that we actually are believing these things in our heart, and then this is where I place my functional trust. This is where I s- settle in on. So. That's what faith is. That's what I'm declaring when I say I believe. Yeah. And it and it comes into your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just a belief that we say, recite on a Sunday morning. It, it, it's supposed to define then how we live. Yeah. yeah. This is a. I mean, the early church back in the second century when they were using this, they actually referred to this as the rule of faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the rule that drove how they lived. Um, my the daughter was for life. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter was in an interesting conversation this last week where somebody was saying that it, faith is just intellectual. There's no other aspect to it. It's just an intellectual aspect. And my daughter's like, what? What? Yeah. No, it, it has to be head and heart. Mm-hmm. And then it mm-hmm. has to be manifested in our life, head, try, heart, and hand. Try that formula in any other relationship in your life and see how long that relationship will last. Or how meaningful that relationship would even be. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of these past broadcasts on the Apostles' Creed, just go to your iTunes store and look up The Gospel for Life or type in one of our names in there, and uh, you'll be able to subscribe to our podcast. Uh, It's been a pleasure speaking to you, and we hope to see you next time. 